Hey everybody, welcome to the New Media Show. My name is Todd Cochran. Of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Rob Greenley. Rob, how are you today? And uh, we've got an exciting show ahead. Yes, it's it's great to be back doing the show, Todd. And yeah, this is, it's an exciting time um, for the New Media Show to have uh, some representatives from Facebook join us. I know they've been working hard uh, behind the scenes to kind of get their the new podcast experience in the in the Facebook platform kind of built out and been talking to them, you know, for many months now and trying to help them with that process. And uh, they're they're getting it off the ground. So what I'd love to do is just let you know who, who we have on the line here. So we have Chelsea White, who's a product manager for podcast core experiences at, at Facebook. So I'm sure she's had a, a, a very much a, a, a critical role in building this all out. And she's a, a responsible for the playback and listening experiences. And uh, so I, I'm sure those questions will, will come up. And then we're, we're also joined by Irina Lamb, who's a product manager as well uh, for the creator ecosystem. So speaking to all those content creators out there is an important part of this as well. So um, thank you, ladies, for, for joining us on the show to, to help kind of unpack what Facebook is doing with podcasting. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having us. us. Excited to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Todd, go ahead. Yeah, you know, it, and we've been excited too. Where lots of podcasters are, you know, we see the Facebook forums all day. They're talking about what's going on with podcasting, and I'm excited to um, really get uh, some some deep details here. You know, I think the biggest question, and I and I'll let you guys, you know, interject in what you want. But a lot of podcasters say, "How come only a page? How come we can't do it to my group?" So. I think maybe we'd start that one off as maybe the first question. And then if you guys want to interject anything about the overall, um, you know, what Facebook has planned and what you can reveal now, I think that would be good too. So maybe we'd start with that. Then you can answer the question as a follow-up. Yeah. Did Chelsea, did you want to start? Sure. Yeah, that, that sounds good. Um, yeah, we definitely have heard that feedback. We'll definitely say we're new here. We're learning a ton as we go. Why we started out with connecting podcasts to Facebook pages, because it was a very well understood content to like entity connection model that exists for other media types across Facebook. We know people want to, to see podcasts and groups. We know there's a lot of engagement in podcast groups. So definitely mm -hmm. exploring other, other methods, but this has just uh, made the most sense for us and being able to move pretty quickly to to get podcasts out in, in a really quality and understood experience. Yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about what the experience is today. I mean, what you guys have actually rolled out yeah. and how podcasters can uh, participate in that. It, it seems like a pretty seamless process, but if you kind of step through it for us a little bit, for those yeah. that may not be familiar. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'll probably have Irina talk a little bit more about RSS claiming, but I can give you kind of the, the yeah. end to end, and then she can jump into some of those those kind of creator podcaster details. Um, so back at the end of June uh, was when we first publicly rolled out anything around the podcast, the Facebook podcast experience. Um, and so at this point, uh, podcasters and creators can use our RSS claiming tool ultimately to self-claim a public RSS feed and then tell Facebook that they want to publish it to 
their Facebook page. Once published, listeners can then um, access this via newsfeed, via those podcast pages, and then also our audio hub, which is a mm-hmm. audio and podcast destination on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And then they can discover new content or access the content they love and consume it via a couple of different listening experiences. So they can do it while they're scrolling through the app via our mini players. So really allowing mm-hmm. them to continue kind of multitasking um, and then also our full screen player. Um, allowing them to kind of really engage with um, a, a couple of different like playback features and things like that. And then also fully background. So being able to lock your phone, throw it in your pocket and continue consuming these podcasts or being able to use your phone in, in other ways. So those are kind of our really mm-hmm. key listening experiences. Um, right now, uh, podcasts that are published in new episodes generate podcast posts. And so, like we said, those do appear um, in in the page followers newsfeed. You're able to share. You're able to um, comment. You're able to react mm-hmm. to this podcast content, which is something fun. Um, and then now we're also just roll out clips. So you're able to take a short clip of a segment of a podcast that really resonated with you and then ultimately share that as well. Um, so really, really excited about kind of the, the social connection, social sharing aspect that we get to leverage here for podcasts. So is that sharing uh, for the, the the content creator or the page owner, or is that for listeners to actually oh. share that? Both actually. Both. Yeah, this oh, is okay. this is definitely a, a key experience that benefits both sides of our ecosystem. Mm-hmm. So um, the, the page admins or content creators can then go and reshare that, the post or create a clip and then and then share that as well. But but also for, for our listeners, they can then we know that recommendations are so powerful, especially personalized or social recommendations. Mm-hmm. So being mm-hmm. able to to kind of bolster discovery in that way to take a short clip and then share that with your timeline, knowing that my best friend made this recommendation as opposed to some sort of algorithm um, or model definitely carries a, a bit more weight with with listeners so got it excited about that one Irina do you want to talk a little bit about claiming that's that's something that's that's pretty yes. nice, yeah I was gonna yes, ask about yes. that <laughs> um, so for podcasters we recently launched last year an ability for all pages to be able to add their podcast to Facebook um, and so how that happens is through your page settings, there's like a new uh, drop down in the menu for podcast settings. And then there's a button there. You can click add podcast. And then, you know, this flow isn't super novel. We wanted to honor and just understand the expectations that podcasters already have in the industry and make it as seamless as possible. And so you just take your RSS feed from your uh, hosting provider like Libsyn or Blueberry, and then you pop that into the field and then it kicks off a kind of claiming validation flow. So we'll send off an email that's attached to your RSS feed um, and it will contain a code. And then you just pop that code in to that podcast settings page to validate that you are the right owner to associate this podcast with your Facebook page. And then after that, you just hit publish. And in that same flow, you're able to opt into clipping or to clips. Um, and then you can also view our terms of services, that kind of thing. Yeah. One thing that I was going to ask on the claiming process is a lot of podcasters maybe even have a second show, but they do it through the same page. Can there be two shows claimed within a single page? Yes, we do support uh, multiple podcasts per page. Oh, awesome. Also, I wanted to emphasize, too, if you're a podcaster, make sure that that email address that's in your RSS feed um, is actually valid and that you check on it on a regular basis. Also, you might miss that email, right? You know, one thing that um, 
is uh, another thing that's came to kind of the surface too, is folks are saying, oh, this is just a mobile experience. Any, and I know, I don't know what the percentage is at Facebook that's mobile versus desktop, but what is the, is there a plan for desktop uh, exposure as well? Yeah, yeah, we've definitely been talking a lot about that. There's no timelines that I'm looking to share right now or any firm commitments mm -hmm. um, around timeline, but we know that we ultimately want to meet um, our listeners and our podcasters where they are. We believe that like, making Facebook podcasts accessible across all our surface is definitely where we want to be. However, as you'll hear us say probably a couple of times, we're newer here and we're trying to be very intentional about the experience that we're rolling out. We want to make sure that we have a quality experience where we are before we um, continue to, to make podcasts accessible in a number of different places. And so definitely right now, the, the priority is Android and iOS native apps. Oh, got it. One of the things that was a positive, I can give you feedback from what we're hearing so far too, is podcasters are very happy that the playback is sticky so they can go on and have an additional experience within the app or on their newsfeed, but yet the podcast will continue to play it. It's not like where you have to be there watching a video clip and you flip <laughs> off and it's gone. The actual playback is sticky and and that way they can, you know, continue to do what they're going to do and still have the full, full immersive experience of Facebook while listening to their favorite show. Yeah, I, I agree. That's that's so important to us. We think that that multitasking is going to be uh, going to be pretty key. Um, so we're really excited to, to continue building out those those multi uh, multitasking opportunities and, and benefits. But it was definitely one of the, the key sticking points for us and being able to roll out this experience. Some um, podcast content is brand new audio content, audio content in general is brand new to, to Facebook and specifically podcasts because they're, they're longer form. So making sure that we're allowing, you know, podcasters to consume this content when they want it, how they want it, multitasking um, on the go is something that we're, we're kind of keeping top of mind as we continue working and, and rolling out here. Considering other platform launches that we've seen, our tech support hasn't blown up. You know, there hasn't been a whole bunch of people, you know, like, oh, my God, I, I'm not showing up or how come. And, you know, usually they come to us when there's an issue. <laughs> but if a podcaster is having challenges getting their show on a page, maybe there's a problem with the claim process or whatever it may be. What's their you know, what's what how should they contact the Facebook team for help? Yeah, so we're currently still building out better like support flows for this, so more to come in the future. But one of the best routes to do right now um, to report something is just in the top right corner of your Facebook UI. There is like a drop down arrow, and then you can uh, click a like a button to be able to report a bug. So that's an option. We also have several help center pages as well to just guide through uh, what to look for in your RSS feed. If you have questions around some of the errors that you might have received when you were trying to claim, just more guidance on that too. But trying to build it out, so definitely still early days there. Yeah. Is go ahead, Rob. That's why it's important to have a valid email address in there. So that'll keep the information flowing. Um, one, one thing I did want to ask about too, and this is, you know, for those that are outside of the U.S., it, it seems to be a recurring issue for, for many um, folks wanting to get involved in um, tech platforms that are just getting started. But what's the thoughts around it? Um, the platform only supporting podcasts in the U.S. only right now, or is it in Canada too? I, I'm not quite sure. 
So we do support content from outside the U.S. Um, so podcast creators okay. can, can go through that RSS claiming process and still get benefits of distribution. But yes, um, in terms of listenership right now, we are, are gated to, to U.S. listeners only. But again, very top okay. of mind here. Um, so we are excited to, to reach other markets in the okay. future. So are you saying someone in the, in the EU, as an example, or let's say let's say the U.K., they can add the podcast to their page now the U.S. listeners will be able to hear it, but until you roll out in the U.K. or wherever else globally, they won't. Is that correct? Yeah, that's, that's right. So we support global podcasters at okay. this point. I got you. So I don't think that was oh, known no, to I didn't quite, before to this. I didn't quite understand that. So so anybody can submit. Uh, it's just it won't be visible to everyone. It'll just be visible to, to you, listeners in the U.S. Okay. okay. I see what you're saying. I know we've got a few news organizations listening to this today. So can you feed them a bone? What what are we looking like for time time frame? Is it months, years? Are we I know sometimes you and I don't I'm under NDA and I don't even know. So, <laughs> you know, so, um, any ideas? Uh, yeah, I, I know this is a hard question. Yeah, we, we definitely expected some hard questions um, today, but so I will say the goal is definitely not years. Um, that okay, that's good. <laughs> so uh, the goal is definitely not years, but again, not willing to com commit to you know. So right. definitely learning as we go. We're absolutely paying close attention to the data, okay. how users are using our product, what learnings we can really nail down where we are, so that as we expand, again, intentionality is the name of the game here, um, and so we're really, really making sure that we're going to do right by our both sides of the ecosystem, our podcast creators and our users. And then the U.S. is just a really, really well understood market for us. So as we expand, we want to make sure we do it right. Um, and that's that's really where we're focused in terms of our phasing and our prioritizations here. So Todd, I, let, let, let me ask a really important question, too, and, and that's really relates to metrics. Um, what are you guys doing on that side to support um podcasters knowing how many people are actually listening to content through Facebook. Yes, this is top, top, top of mind for sure. Thinking about metrics and how we can help podcasters be armed with mm -hmm. data to understand what's listening behavior looking like on Facebook. We don't have a strict timeline on this yet, but like I promise that we are actively thinking about this right now and where that fits in. For now, we just encourage using uh, the insights that you get from your hosting provider. Uh, yeah. But that said, very aware that I think we can provide additional color around like audience or just like listening behavior as well. And so trying to figure out what that looks like for us and, and how we can create value. Yeah, and I, I, I think I've mentioned this in an email, you know, the exchange that we had and, and just for the public's clarification, I, I, my advice back to your team was podcasters live on metrics and they love data. And if, you know, when, when they get data from platforms, you look at what some of the other major platforms that have provided some metrics back, they get a little more love when it comes to telling their audience where to go listen. So um, I'm sure that's going to make a lot of folks excited. That's top of mind. Um, and, uh, that, you know, we can, as hosting providers, we can give them, you know, the, the bottom line. Right. And, but we really have no insight into who, how long, where well we know where usually but really there is uh you know that 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 extra client side data is very valuable to them for you know being able to build media kits and growth and planning and 
So yeah. I'm excited you guys are, are looking at that heavily. Yeah. Yeah, that and also the 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 clips part too. Is that in your plans on the metric side too? Right. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely something um, yeah. Yep. So yeah, we believe that things let me know that oh sorry, it's a little bit of a, a lag or overlap. Okay. But yeah. we're we're definitely excited too because we know how important these these metrics and what you're able to show them about demographics or whatever mm -hmm. um are gonna be important. Um so no change in that we are encouraging them to continue using their their hosting provider um, data. So so it's not like they're losing anything there, but we do believe that we'll be able to offer a lot um, once we start rolling out the, the creator insights and things like that from our side. So on what, the, you know, let me ask this one, Todd. Yeah. Uh, is how are you guys capturing that clip? Are you guys taking a a just deep link into the media file or are you guys taking that meet, you know, that section and creating a separate file for it? Just curious. Yeah, we actually are taking a, that section and then creating a file. So we're not serving okay. users. Uh, so basically the way that we're doing this now is taking that public RSS feed, ingesting that and then streaming it. Um, we're not serving users in terms of the podcast episode from our servers. However, Clips is the one place that, yes, we actually are taking that that segment yeah. and then storing that and providing that because then that becomes okay. a user post or a creator post and Got not it. part of that RSS feed in that same kind of traditional way. Okay. Do you have, you know, I know that uh, this is relatively new. You've come out of the gate pretty strong here over the last uh, couple of weeks and so forth. Where do you, what's, what's the, what's the feel from the team so far, if you can, on, on how adaption's been? Well, you know, what, what, what do you feel from your side, if you can share, um, you know, basically, are you, are you happy with the engagement? Are you happy with the issue so far? Um, where do you think you're at? Yeah, um, I think that where we are now, given that we're just launching this experience, we know there's a lot of work to do. We really did focus on just like a very core, um, like listening um, experience, which is not ultimately where we we see ourselves really winning and really delivering the most value. But for where we're at, yeah, we're 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 pretty excited. Um, it's been interesting as we continue to roll out things like like clipping and captions and stuff like that to see how that's actually impacting how users are discovering these new features, et cetera. Um, and and really just looking at uh, kind of retention metrics and things like that. So not just our users exposed, but ultimately our you know with our notifications with um, um, the way that distribution is working in feed, are they continuing to, to come back? Um, and so that's just really fun to watch right now. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and how are you guys thinking about um, podcast discovery? Um, so let's say a Facebook user is looking for a podcast on your platform um, to, to, to connect with and thus connect with a, a page. Are you guys thinking about any kind of aggregation of discovery or um, – search capability i mean beyond just the clip sharing what's yeah. what's your thinking on that side yeah absolutely um so outside of clip sharing obviously our, our news feed tool is a really really powerful tool mm -hmm. to surface both mm -hmm. connected and unconnected content as well mm -hmm. as our audio hub and so that's that audio and podcast destination right that we rolled out last month. And that's a really powerful discovery method for, for users that, you know, know content that they love, they wanna to continue to come back to, they're going to be there and 
80% of the time going to be looking to, to get back to that one podcast show they love, but making discovery easy, um, making sure that the personal, the recommendations are personalized, that we're continuing to update them and improve those models is going to be really, really great because that's one of the key user pain, like pain points or problems that we've identified. Discovery is really hard. There's not really a really great method to consistently stay up to date on new content. And so that audio hub surface with a number of different recommendation units is going to be pretty powerful. Yeah. It also help us you know, just like different listener segments. So a power user, again, is going to listen to podcasts every day. They've got their 10 shows, religious listeners of that. Whereas other people are maybe they don't listen to podcasts at all, but they discover it here and they're like, oh, my gosh, I love that person or I love that creator. I had no idea they had one. Being able to see them, you know, kind of deepen their engagement with podcasts through those those really simple sampling of content is going to be, be awesome, I think, for for those particular you know part of our, our base. With Facebook, you know, largely, you, you know, you, you look you look for likes, you want to share those types of things from that perspective, then um, I understand sharing clips. But what's the what's the typical feel then if I want to share an entire episode to another page or to a news feed? Um, is it just a seamless experience as if I was sharing a post or a video? Is it the same as it has the same experience? Correct. Yeah, you're going to be able to share it uh, via the podcast post in the same manner. Um, so our share entry point is going to be the same. Um, so that's very familiar for users today. Um, and that's the primary method of sharing episodes. But but definitely really excited about what else we can do around making that experience. You know, with, with clips, it's just the beginning. But um, I think that, that users are going to find that to be pretty familiar. Yeah, I, it's like Rob and I, when we do this show, we do Facebook Live and we go live a, a few other places too. Yeah. But I do like now that I don't have to worry about coming back into Facebook a couple hours after the show's posted and post to the page that there's a new episode. It's just going to be there and available. It's one less step that I have to do for as a, as a creator now um, in getting the content on Facebook. So I think this is... Um, for me, you probably save me, you know, five or 10 minutes based upon how much time it takes me to write the post and write the copy and, you know, put the link in and all that stuff. So uh, I think from that perspective, I'm excited because it just it just saves me 10 minutes every time I post a podcast. Yeah, I think so, that's something we're uh, sorry, just we're excited about having the whole Facebook ecosystem support you as a creator, how all of these audio products work together, as well as some of like the existing products that you already use across Facebook. Yeah. So when a, a podcaster creates a new episode, they upload it to their RSS feed, it shows up in Facebook. Um, is there, I'm assuming that once that episode shows up, those that are following that page get a notification in their, their wall, right? That there's a new episode, right? Or how does that process, I mean, does that process work pretty much the standard way? Uh, or is there something unique or is there settings that uh, a listener can go in and set um, the notifications? Yeah. So um, what you described is exactly it. Um, if you're following the mm -hmm. page that, that hosts this content and a new episode is published, um, you're going to get that notification and be able to really quickly um, access that content. Um, okay. That is, is is pretty key, but we're excited um, for sure about some some features. One one thing in the next you know few weeks or so is being able to to kind of tighten that connection a little bit more too, around like being able to actually subscribe to the podcast and and, and being able to actually um, get to 
more specifics than just the page level. Uh, oh, so, you, so you're going to use the term subscribe? Is that what you? I'm just curious. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, that is the the plan today. Ah, okay. <laughs> Well, that's good. That's good because there's been a big movement in the industry to move towards follow, right? So, which is Todd and I think that that's that's a less engaged connection. Where subscribed is definitely a more more of a commitment. So, okay. yeah, it tells us a lot. It's a pretty high intent signal for you to to subscribe to content and and follow is a very uh, yeah. understood and used uh, right. method of connection across Facebook already. So. So a lot of people collaborate together and they're in networks and so forth. And maybe the network has a page and maybe the individual podcaster has a page. So (laughs) is it possible to have the podcast listed on two pages? Probably not yet. (laughs) Is is Irina frozen? Okay, so so okay, so example. <laughs> let's say I'm part of a network, mm-hmm. okay, and I have tw- ten shows in the network, and I have my own page. Mm-hmm. So, is it possible to have my show on my page and also on the network, the network of people I'm working with? Can it be in right. two places at once? Not at this time. Oh. You can have multiple yeah. podcasts on a single page. Not yet, where you can have a single podcast across multiple pages. But but definitely, I've received a lot of feedback, and definitely have already been thinking about that in terms of yeah. how we can access a podcast and, and better make sure that people can can find them and engage with them. Yeah, it's good that you add, added that to your to-do list because mm-hmm. I think it would be a powerful connection to, to sure. bind together the the networks that have multiple shows. Exactly. Well, so. Exactly. Well, even those in the... We have a lot of... Yeah, movies. even those... <laughs> Sorry. Oh, we, we lost... Uh, Hopefully she'll be able to come back. Mm, Irina, yeah, yeah, I lost Irina. So I think what will happen over time is that I'm sure you're going to get just, uh, you know, a lot of feedback and some of it very, very uh, passionate about it. So we'll, uh, we're excited to see what uh, what comes next. Yeah, no, and we're excited about that. Like we said, we're we're looking to learn and we're looking to really do right by our both the listeners and the creators. So, um, we've already been been getting a lot of feedback in the last few weeks via Twitter, via Reddit, and then obviously really encouraging people to use our in-app tool. It's called Report a Problem, um, but but we're listening. So so keep it coming. We're we're really excited to hear what really resonates and what folks are looking to see. So is there any part of your strategy that or at least that you can talk about at this point that has anything to do with monetization? Any yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, one of the kind of the way that we're kind of looking at podcasts um, kind of long term is really just creating this holistic experience where we are mm-hmm. being able to connect for the users, the discovery and the consumption, and then for the creators, the distrib- distribution, right. the monetization, and ultimately um, the, the the creating of that community or that social connection, kind of providing that 360 mm-hmm. kind of engagement model. Um, nothing specific, and um, I know Irina will probably be back too, but nothing specific that we're looking to, to announce about monetization, right. but it is one of the, the key pieces of the, the creator value that we're looking to, to get into because What's really important for us is to, of course, support the bigger partners and the more established media companies and things like that, but also the everyday creators, Um, especially during COVID. We started to see so many 
people creating new podcasts. And ultimately, we know that podcasts, um, probably more so than other media types, are so personal to people. And so mm -hmm. being able to provide that connection model for some of the newer niche everyday creators and helping them make this a business or make it sustainable to continue providing this content out to their users is going to be really right. key. And monetization is a big part of that. Right. right. So what's the scope of that that you guys are thinking about? Um, premium um, advertising? I mean, or, or all of it of what's possible. And I think Irina back to, so we're talking. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no worries. Yeah. We're talking monetization. I'm not sure um, what we wanted to, to share in terms of. Right. Around. Yeah, so yeah. definitely also something that's that's top of mind as well around monetization. I mean, I, I think like just to be honest, we there's a lot that we can do to support podcasters. Mm -hmm. um, this is a mm -hmm. space that we know a lot about already. But again, to Chelsea's point earlier, we're trying to do right and just like learn and, and study from the beginning and understand what our role can be. Um, so for now, just continuing to uh, monetize based off of the ads that you already have in your content. So even if it's streamed on Facebook, um, you'll still continue to be able to monetize on that. And then forward thinking around what that might look like for um, content on Facebook and monetization, monetization opportunities that's coming yeah. up later. Could a a podcaster on the platform advertise their podcast through Facebook ads currently today. I'm just curious. I would assume so. like using Facebook ads to promote yeah. their mm -hmm. podcast. Mm -hmm. They cannot today. Uh, that is not. They can't. They can't today. No, okay. not, not today. Um, the, the only ads are your integrated ads through your, you know, uh, through your RSS feed and we're respecting that and not inserting any of ours that are at this time. But I think, you know, in general, you're familiar with all of the different. Ones. Oh, no. Yeah, I think you, I was talking about if a podcaster wants to promote or advertise their show to broadly across Facebook. Yeah. Buying into your ad. ad uh, your current ad program they could probably boost a post could they or not at is this, it consider is it cons at this no. point you cannot okay you okay. okay okay i think that would be pretty popular you know because i think about the posts that we boost um just as a company and have a decent uh response rate uh, when we target it the way we want to mm -hmm. so i think that's something that probably would be of high interest of podcasters to be able to to boost a podcast post and you know you know it, it may not be a lot of money that they throw at it but they could get it's really you know what podcasters today the number one thing they're looking for is how do i grow my audience how do i grow how do i get more exposure right. how do i get right. found and uh so I think if you had that available in the future, I think that would be pretty popular. Absolutely. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Rob, there's, uh, I was going to look at the chat room and see, did anybody that's in the chat room currently have uh, questions for the, for the Facebook team? I'm looking at YouTube and I'm also looking at the Facebook Live. Uh, we've got quite a few people on the YouTube channel. So if you have a comment or have a question, please get it in there right now. Uh, we don't have much more time with the Facebook team. So, um, well, while we wait for that, um, what online uh, websites or resources can current podcasters go to to learn learn more about the platform and and see screenshots and see things that so they can they can figure? Out. I know you have some some links out there, um, but is there anything new with that or you know, that you can share with us? 
Yeah, I think we have. So the Help Center articles I had mentioned, there's like some mm -hmm. RSS guides and just also kind yep. of walking through what the RSS claiming flow looks like. Um, we mm -hmm. also have had a couple of newsroom posts go out um, about audio in general, but also highlighting mm -hmm. podcasts and giving kind of uh, like a few sneak peeks there. But obviously, you can also try the consumption experience for yourself as well. Yes, the best uh, place to go is the facebook.com slash creators slash tools slash podcasts. Is that the best one? Yes. Yeah. And okay. we can Rob, Rob you, you had it memorized. I did it. <laughs> What's right? It's actually written down in front of me here on my screen. I was going to say, I know. Well, I, yeah, I mean, it's a great page that is specific to Facebook podcasts. So that's, that's what I want to get. It's, it's at facebook.com forward slash uh, creators with an S forward slash tools forward slash podcasts. So if you wanted to just go read a lot more about um, Facebook podcasts, uh, that's a great place to go. So I do have some feedback. Uh, Eileen earlier said in the show, said, I love the way the animation looks when we see the episode. She said, we can add podcast or mobile now to explanation mark. Mm -hmm. And then she said, uh, maybe this is uh, still company confidential. She says, any idea how many podcasters have added their show to Facebook? <laughs> yes, this is a great question. <laughs> I cannot share. I cannot share exact numbers, but I will say um, there's been a lot of growth and excitement mm -hmm. uh, from the podcaster community, which we're excited to see. I mean, we're early and, and we're entering an established industry. And so we had some nervousness around like, do people want us here? Uh, but we do think that there's a lot that we can offer, especially from the social angle and bringing people together around the content that they love. Um, and so with that, the, the growth has been looking promising enough that we're continuing to like really focus on that. Right. And we've gotten some established content on the platform already, like the Joe Budden show um, and Lady Gang. And so we're continuing uh, to focus on that and, and just bringing on more folks. Mm -hmm. I, Irene, I think what you're going to find, and this is something that, uh, you know, Rob and I have talked about for years, um, and pod, the definition of podcast has morphed over time. And in the end, we don't care where they listen as long as they listen. So I think, you know, you guys are the next 800-pound gorilla to join yeah. the podcasting space. You know, and I say that in a kind way um, <laughs> because you guys are big, you're monster company, you know. So you have the – in people are on Facebook every day. So for creators, uh, I think this is going to be huge in, in the long term I, from a discovery, from, you know, audience being able to share the social tools that are already built in. So, you know, don't, don't uh, be, be worried. You, you know, we're welcome you to the, you know, the podcast space. I we're, I'm as excited as anybody uh, to have Facebook uh, supporting podcasting. Yeah, that's exactly why we wanted to have you on the show is so we could spread the word and get people understanding the platform that's so critical to so many podcasters to connect with you, know who you are, to understand how it works. And it's clear. And, and I think uh, you guys have done a terrific job of doing that. Um, so I think uh, from what we're seeing in the preliminary numbers, at least at Lipson anyway, we're seeing pretty pretty significant upside growth um al already so you guys could be cracking that top four list for the most most places um the the most popular places to listen to podcasts here pretty quick if you guys roll it out especially if you roll it out internationally <laughs> i think you'll really see it fast growth and, and i think too is it and to understand that at some historical level you know, if you look at the, the top players in the space today from a, a global consumption standpoint, 
you know, Apple's obviously a, a, a huge player in, in the space. Spotify's made an impact. Google Podcasts has made an impact. But beyond that, mm-hmm. very few other platforms even ever break 1%. Um, there, might be, there might be eight platforms that break 1% global market share. So, you know, we'll see. And again, I, I haven't looked at the data. Rob, you have. Uh, but you get busted above 1% within a month or two and you're on a rocket climb, you're going to get huge attention by the space because uh, you'll be in every, you know, it, it's just, it's going to show that the engagement's there. Yeah. So the, it, it'll spell out real quickly or not where yeah. our people are listening. And then the, uh, we'll see you with a booth at um, conferences like Podcast Movement. Yes, <laughs> I'd love to be there. Irina actually uh, got to, to do a little podcast segment at a conference. Yes, a I had a session um, with our partnerships lead, uh, Kristen Freethy. It was great to participate. I'd love to be there in person. So oh, yeah, next can't year. Wait. <laughs> we, we did have a YouTube question come in. It says, why is, the face, why is Facebook interested in podcasts? And is a team thinking about hosting podcasts on Facebook's own servers? Ooh, that's a big question. Do you want to split that one? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can I can dive in a little bit to kind of like what got us here because I mean like we've definitely talked about the podcast industry is pretty well established. Um, there right. definitely are some some key stronger players, but you know, like you said, there are maybe eight that are you know cracking the one percent, and that's primarily on like consumption and directory type of type of spaces as opposed to really kind of connecting the the social angle, but. We know people mm-hmm. are passionate about podcasts. We know that it's very personal to people. And we know, you like looking at Facebook, we have 170 plus million people connected just to podcast pages now. And that's over a couple hundred thousand podcast pages, not even getting into like the fan groups and the different podcast show groups that also exist where we see a ton of really deep engagement and also a lot more activity than comparing to a lot of the other group types, right? Um, and so that's where we don't necessarily just want to become a consumption player that's not really like there are a bunch of those out there we really really want to do those you know combine the the monetization which can also be the hosting and also the discovery and also just providing opportunities for people to connect with other fans that are interested in that particular show or that particular niche topic that none of your other IRL friends are actually listening to Um, and that's really where we can can differentiate especially on the listener side and then just looking at the sheer volume and obviously our platform, what we can do in terms of the distribution and reach, helping, you know, bigger creators and smaller creators, you know, better engage with their, their existing followers, but also introducing new um, audiences to these these shows is, is really where we think that we can deliver value. So super, super excited about, you know, these, these coming months and, and coming years for, for what we can do. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so so Chelsea, I... Yeah, I just wanted to ask you something really quick. I mean, because I see that you uh, were a product manager for Facebook's Messenger platform. So you'll be able to to share an episode via Messenger, I'm assuming, at some point? Or can you do that today? You cannot do it today, but you absolutely will be able to in the future. That's also something that's really um, exciting for us. Like we said, you know, being able to to access, you know, I'm not sure if you – like followed it. But last year, one of our big priorities were cross-app communication, being able to communicate with the people you love across our platforms, wherever you are. Mm-hmm. And so I think mm-hmm. that still holds true for what we're doing here, um, especially as we're looking to tap into a couple of different segments and demographics and things like that. 
So it'll be pretty. And good. clips too. I could see that being a good oh, yeah. for clips. A nice bite sized yeah. segment about a particular right. portion of, um, you know, of something that the user said or a shout out about a particular, you know, I can imagine, you know, the, the host has tried something new and shouts it out. Being able to kind of highlight that little segment and then make it accessible wherever you want to is, is going to mm -hmm. be, be pretty big. I think that we find that that'll resonate a lot with both the listeners and the, the creators. Yeah. I yeah, Irina, go, go, go ahead. Right. <laughs> For the hosting provider question, pretty brief. No plans on this right now. We're, we're just focused on supporting RSS feeds. That's good news for us. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Keep that going. Yes. Yes. Let's, let's, just, let's just stay in that lane. <laughs> um, see, both of you are big fans of music. Um, and I think, is it? Yeah, Arena, you've worked in the music side of things. So, so is that what attracted both both of you guys to get involved in podcasting? Because there seems to be a real strong mapping between uh, podcasting and music. I know I I used to work for Microsoft, and I was the only podcast guy that worked on the Zune podcasting experience, and I was the only other person on the team that wasn't involved in music. <laughs> Ooh, I remember the Zune. I was also at Microsoft, so right. yeah, great yeah. to be with a, yeah. With yeah. a fellow yeah. alum. Um, yeah, I saw that yeah. in the background, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the, the audio experience in general, um, I am also really passionate about music in my personal life, but I really love podcast content. So when the opportunity jumped, I, I was excited to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I was uh, on the Messenger web team. I joined Facebook in 2020, uh, January 2020. Um, and I love my team. Uh, Messenger web, just honestly, the camaraderie, getting to work on the web space was just something I was super passionate about. But I've been doing it for about a year and a half. And, and over, I actually moved to San Francisco last year during quarantine. So I actually didn't mm -hmm. have um, a lot of friends built in that I could, you know, try to create a little bubble with. Um, and so I got really, really into podcasts. Like I already listened to podcasts, but it was just, it was just a totally different experience. So that whole pot, people are passionate about podcasts. People are like, feel connected to those hosts. People really want to engage about the content they really like. Like that is me. I, I feel that deeply. Um, and so, um, I really felt that all of last year when I was kind of isolated out there. And then in April, BG announced that, you know, publicly that we're, we're focusing here. And I was like, I want in. Um, and so it's been a, a really fun ride since it was really cool to see so many people across the company, like get really, really motivated to, to make this happen. So it's, it's been a really fun ride. Can you give us a rough estimate of how big the podcast team is at Facebook? Um, so like, not really, <laughs> not really. Okay. Uh, they're obviously, you know, kind of like core teams. And then we obviously are all part of one app, right? So there's a lot of collaboration for different mm -hmm. aspects of what we're going to be offering. Right. A lot of this is already built in frameworks that we're like looking to leverage. So I'm not sure I could really give you, you know, a okay. precise <laughs> number yeah. about how big the team is. Yeah, I'm sure that there's various team members that just touch a little piece of the podcast is <laughs> not their core, right? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so we think about sense. we're on pages now. We may expand to, you know, multiple pages or groups or what have you. Like all of those are, are different people that are, are across different kind of partner teams. So it's really fun how much we actually collaborate to bring a single product to, to life within the Facebook app. And being that this show reaches 100% of content creators, and there may be a few, well, there's a few outliers that are not, but, you know, what, you know, what would you say to them if they're, if they're on the fence or 
um, hoping that they can, you know, instead of using a page, have to create another destination a group or should. So I'm just kind of curious what advice you have for them. Sorry, the question was uh, for folks who are waiting for having their podcast on a group. Potentially, right. yeah. Creating a page, that, that, that kind of stuff. So you have to create a page first before you can add right. a podcast to it. So yes. that's the process. Yeah, yeah. I, I think for, for groups, we are focusing on how do we expand the, the homes that a podcast can be on beyond a page. For now, though, um, my recommendation is that the page creation flow is really, really easy. Um, and from the moment that you create the page and connect your RSS feed, your content's going to be on that page in no time. So there's no like waiting period where you're waiting for that page to become established or anything like that. Yeah, and I think what it was was more about uh, the content creators don't necessarily want to split their groups. Or, you know, they got a group, they don't want to build a page because they're mm -hmm. taking the time and the energy. So um, I, my takeaway is if they want to be on now, they're going to have to create a page. But if they, they keep their fingers crossed for a group yeah. implementation down the road. Yeah, that would be a way to share it, share it over to a group somehow. Well, they could too. do that too, yeah. Yeah, that right. would can always be our recommendation at this stage. I mean... Right. We're looking at kind of the consumption to to like creator value flywheel. We need the inventory there. And we're not mm -hmm. just like ingesting and, and publishing content. Like the user or the publisher has to go in and opt in and say, I want my content to be on Facebook. That's pretty important to us right now too. Um, and so, you know, we want your content to, to be there so that users can discover it and they can listen to it. And then obviously having more people continue to adopt the product and consume will actually create more of the creator value. So it's a, it's a nice flywheel. So we say it's a pretty lightweight investment. Go ahead and create that page if you don't have one and then stay tuned for what's to come. Yeah, we've already kept you folks 15 minutes over the time that you agreed yeah. to be on. Uh, you. you can stay if you want. <laughs> if you have to go, we understand. Uh, Rob, did you have any more hard pressing questions to ask or? No, I'm just, I'm just I'm really excited to have you guys join the podcasting space and I'll look forward to meeting both of you at, uh, some future conference or something like that. It'd be great to see the entourage of Facebook come in to get involved in the podcast community at a deeper level too. And this is yes. a great first step because there's about 17,000 podcasters watch this show. So you're reaching a big chunk of them just in this show alone and that opens the door and then I don't know if you saw the the newsletters covering this yeah. the show today was was also you know helps expand that that reach so hopefully we'll be able to get more podcasters familiar with what you guys are doing and um, adding their podcasts to their pages and I think it's good good for the industry and Todd and I just appreciate you guys jumping in so yeah I thank you both so much for having us yeah. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. We can't wait to meet y'all in person. We're just getting started. So, so <laughs> right. we'll be back for sure. <laughs> right. Awesome. All right. All right. Thank you so much. And yeah. uh, look forward to uh, see what's coming next. Yeah. We'll, Great. we'll be <laughs> paying you, attention. Yep. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Rob. Yeah. There's a, I think there was a, we may have got a few tidbits in there today. There's, there's some takeaways. <laughs> Well, that's what happens when you ask uh, probing questions, right? Uh, they tend yeah. to, to give you some sort of an answer, and so sometimes it can be at least a, a glimmer of hope anyway. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting on the monetization piece, Yeah, you know, that they're considering that. And, you know, and I, I think 
some podcasters are going to be like, why? Well, why are not other platforms providing monetization opportunities? Yeah, well, some you are know, trying to. Right? Some are. Right. But, you know, I saw someone complaining about a specific provider today, and I'm like, what are they doing for you, really? Mm-hmm. Are they really, besides getting your content for free, are they really doing anything for you? Right. And, and I think podcasters need to start asking that question more. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if there's a little bit of uh, a rev share or, or money-making opportunity within specific platforms, it, it ultimately, instead of becoming dollars, it could, you know, it, it could add up, yeah. uh, you know, across multiple platforms. But time will tell on where this goes. Well, and also monetization is a, is a two-headed opportunity, too. It's, it's uh, monetization um, that benefits Facebook. Um, right, and then monetization that could be a you know a revenue share with the creator, but um, and then there's premium, and then maybe there's some model that could be around a donation model. Who knows? You know, there's a lot of experimentation and monetization right now in the podcasting space. Of course, that's been going on for years, but yeah. uh, it's just it's it's great. I mean, this is a platform that has what close to two billion users. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's, I'm hard pressed to think of any other platform that's bigger than that. Um, so the, <laughs> the, the thing that may have slipped and I'm, you know, if the, I'm was listening for things and if the Facebook team is watching it, that 170 million engagement number that she talked about briefly made my ears perk right up inside these, uh, you know, these headphones I'm wearing mm-hmm. that, uh, that's a number. Yeah. Yeah. That is a big, number. yeah, that's, that's a number. Uh, and we're just really at the beginning of this. I mean, this isn't, you know, what these guys are doing is has global potential reach, uh, on a scale that really no other platform has besides maybe right. Google. So, and you know, if you think about the, it's only on mobile right now, but, mm-hmm. You know, that's probably, you know, I, I engage Facebook on the desktop and on mobile both every day. Mm-hmm. And I guess from a podcast consumption standpoint, it makes more sense for it to be, to be mobile. But um, I, I really hope that they will get uh, the desktop version of that running too. That'll be an interesting, interesting to see what that metric is. But at the same time, I think that uh, the international expansion is probably more important than anything. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, probably the biggest complaint that we've seen about the platform is, you know, non-availability in some of the big countries like Australia, UK, and yeah. other countries that have big, big podcast implementation. They often, you know, they often, and rightly so, they feel left behind because, you know, stuff gets rolled out in the United States first, and then it kind of trickles out throughout the rest of the world. But mm-hmm. Everyone wants it now, and but it was curious that you could have your podcast in your page and have an American audience listen to it if it originates in Australia. So that, yeah, was Which for many that, shows. That's that's the consumption pattern currently for most for a lot of those shows that they publish. Them a lot of the listening happens in the U.S. Yeah, so, a question that we yeah. missed was, can we expect podcasts to roll out beyond Facebook to Instagram, for example? Oh, right. Yeah. And I was going to ask her, ask them that because I, I think it was uh, I, Irina, I think it was I, Irina that actually worked on Instagram. 
So for for a while. Right. So maybe if the Facebook team's still listening, uh, maybe they can give us some feedback and we can give it to the audience. But you would, you know, Instagram being what it is. Well, I think it, um, I think they want to make sure that Facebook's built out first before they reach out too far. On I, that. I would think clips to Instagram would be yeah. the, the route. I don't think you would ever put a full podcast right. on. It's a little bit of a competitor to, to headliner to some degree. Right. Right. Think about it. Right. But if you think about the share tool, someone's just going to have to play around with that and see how far you can share a podcast episode now, uh, how you can slice it, dice it, where you can get it. I haven't played with the clip tool at all. Mm, yeah, so those of you that have got pages, maybe you should just go see. Well, and, you know? and this show has a page on on our pages page on Facebook. Right. So, yeah. so it has the podcast in there. I. I was going to ask them about video podcasts, but uh, I oh. guess we're already in there, actually, when you think about it. <laughs> yeah, well, we're, at least we are. Yeah. You know, right. we're live. And and it was that was another thing that I was monitoring today. It was a very hot and heavy thread on a podcasting forum. It was people were pissed off that only the elite over at Spotify are able to get video. And, um, right. you know, my my comment back is okay there's plenty of opportunities to have your video distributed everywhere but spotify and if you're just focused solely on having your video on spotify sorry something is uh you know you, you've got a bit of a disconnect there that that is um yeah that's a limited opportunity not yeah, a fast one right and everyone's so enthralled they forget about the bigger picture of what's currently available where you can be everywhere else except for a specific spot. For those of you that want to know, I'm in the Blueberry Podcasting Studio today. I'm uh, down in Columbus versus in the studio in Michigan. So that's why I have the orange background. No, no, uh, no, nothing on the walls in here, Rob. So I need to get some, some, yeah, uh, need to get something. though it looks good. I like the, the, the orange background. Or the yellowish yeah. orange. And not too bad. I'm just cool. using a webcam today, too. No fancy cameras. So, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I've been at a, a the Advertise Week conference in, in, in New York um, for the first couple of days of this week. It's been interesting. That was an in person hybrid event. And there was a bunch of panels uh, talking about podcast advertising at this event. So, so how did that go? It was. It was good. It was good to see, you know, kind of an in-person event on that side of the industry um, start to come back. I guess they hadn't held a a in-person event in over two years, so it was a little bit of a of a hybrid, right? So they still did a virtual version. So a lot mm -hmm. of the sessions were done via, you know, like Zoom Zoom meeting type type things. Right. But they, uh, I think, they struggled a little bit to balance um, between people that were there in person and the virtual and it felt a little heavy towards the virtual side. Really? Um, yeah. And th there was quite a few people there in person, but a lot of the sessions that they had, um, they, they pushed you towards going to a screen somewhere in the real world event <laughs> to, oh. to watch the virtual stuff instead of keeping people in the meeting rooms. That's weird. Which is, which I think podcast movement did a lot of that. So if they had any sessions 
that were virtual sessions, they still had them in a meeting room, but they just projected up onto the screen. I got gotcha. you. The the virtual session, right? They, they so didn't do how that at this event? So who were the main suspects? Talking well, it was a lot of a uh, lot of folks um, from the the radio side um, there hmm. um, talking about stuff, and Pod Sites was there, and and so it was a very much kind of a New York kind of vibe to it. I didn't see any of the pure play, you know, uh, you know, like Pineapple Street Media uh, was there as well. So I mean. There was a little bit of the pure play podcast folks there, but most of them, most of the folks and most of the sponsors and stuff had, had strong radio to podcasting type of companies that were there. Right. The big thing that really stood out to me was Amazon ads. Um, they were, they were all over the place. They, they were, they put on like a concert outside um, all this kind of stuff. So they were a huge sport. They had their whole own track. Um, so Amazon, and you start thinking about Amazon ads and what they did with acquiring Wondery and, and with the acquisition of Art19 and those kind of things. So you can see how they, they had a much broader strategy around, um, advertising. So they're getting into all aspects of it. Uh, and they're, they're, in, from what I can tell, they're, they're investing a lot of money and getting involved. So I think we're going to hear a lot more about Amazon advertising going forward. So here's a, you know, a, just a kind of a observation. The radio show for NAB has mm-hmm. been announced that they're going to combine it with the regular NAB show. So we're going to have the yeah. regular NAB show and the radio show together. And I think it's a good move, but I just wonder if the NAB show has been hurt so bad from doing what they did in canceling the show at the last minute, pissed off so many people. I wonder if, they now are struggling to fill the show floor for next year and having to do a, you know, a Hail Mary here to, to get back on track. Well, you do have to wonder to some degree, and this was speculated on, on stage as well at this, um, this, this, this advertising thing is, is I saw a presenter get up and say that the, the whole COVID lockdown has, really um, basically accelerated the move towards digital by probably seven to 10 years within let's say eight to nine months. Um, So we've, we've jumped, we've fast forwarded into a much more digital world now than um, what probably would have normally happened uh, if we hadn't had the COVID thing. So um, companies are really scrambling, I think, to, to embrace, um, digital at a much faster rate than what they were probably set up to do. And so we're starting to see that. I mean, I saw that at this event to some degree. It was like, well, this, it feels a little heavy towards the digital side. The in-person side feels like, you know, it's almost like we're getting to a point where we're kind of almost giving up on the in-person side because that's horrible. I mean, a lot of people just don't come out. I think a lot of people said, yeah, I'll speak at your event, but I'll only do it, you know, over zoom or something like that. So I just wonder, and I hope this isn't happening that we're, we're shifting so far on this digital conversion that 
the in-person stuff kind of, you know, takes a back seat to the digital side. I, I think, you know, from a conference standpoint, I don't think conferences can survive without exhibitors. And if right. the, if, if the exhibitors don't come, then they are going to only be able to afford virtual and yet virtual. I, I, I it's, it's a matter of focus. Right. So yeah, it is. I would not probably watch us. I would not, if the, if NAB was virtual next year, I wouldn't pay attention. Right. I would not pay attention to the sessions and the speakers and the keynotes. I would, I wouldn't do that. I don't go to the shows for those. Personally, I don't go to the shows for those sessions either. I go to look at what's new and what's, well, and you know, to meet people too. And to meet people and, too. Yeah. And, right. Right. That's important and going to vendors and the vendors I deal with personally for my studio or for the gear, what's new, what you got going on. You can give them input. You have that face to face. Here's my issue. Um, and you get the direct access to people that you never get direct access to the rest of the year. You know, you have to go through support layer. You have to go through, yeah. you know, whatever it may be. And it's your one chance to say, listen, listen, you, you screwed me on this feature you took away or, mm -hmm. you know, can you do this? Why can't we have this in this product? And right. oftentimes those go into wish list when they go back to the company that, it, you know, I, I remember a conversation I had with, with the folks that make Wirecast. Mm -hmm. And I begged them, I said, please, please, please add NDI support to Wirecast. It'll make this product so much more vastly used. There will be less overhead on the processor use AP support NDI. And um, for those of you who don't know what NDI is, it's a video over IP. You don't have to have a cable. It's all the videos routed through a Ethernet cable versus a um, either a, a SDI port or a, other ways to get videos through. And, you know, they can, oh, yeah, that sounds good. And about nine months later, I get an email from one of the, hey, Todd, guess what? We're putting NDI in. And I was ecstatic because I knew what that was going to do for the product. But it, that probably would not have happened had we not been there, you know, so saying, this is the use case. This is the future. Please fix, right. please do this. Right. And, um so I worry about that. You know, we just, uh, your team and my team, we just had people at She Podcast last week and did a debrief on it this morning, um, talking about the experience at She Podcast and what the podcast was. What was the uh, feedback so far? Um, feedback, um, it was a smaller audience, mm -hmm. but our team got to spend a lot of time talking to content creators and Really, it boils down to, you know, it's the same topic that keeps coming up again and again and again. How do I grow my show? How do I grow my show? It remains the number one issue and concern by podcasters broad and wide. Now, maybe the the other shows that are bigger, that are, have these big networks, are not so worried about growth because they have built-in growth because of the associations they have. But the independent content creators it's 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 all about growth and a few other things too but um you know it was the first time we got an opportunity to get feedback from our customers on face to face on how they like our new dashboard and you know mm -hmm. everything came out of that we were real happy with that feedback so for us it's a validation 
that what we did was right at the same time you get input on, okay, can you tweak this or tweak that? So they brought those ideas back too. So mm -hmm. that type of interaction will never happen in a virtual event. Yeah. I found at this, this advertising event that I went to um, about, and I would say about a third of the sessions, um, maybe more of the sessions that I wanted to at least hear that were podcast, you know, or audio related, I had to actually listen on my phone um, off of a web browser to those sessions because they weren't done in person. They were done virtually. Um, so those that attended couldn't actually attend all the sessions. They could only access them through, through their phone or some presentation screen in the venue. Um, so I, I thought that, that was an interesting discouragement of being in person. Now, granted, the advantage of being in person is that you're in person and you can actually meet other people that are there in person. But um, so, what was that? What was the head count? Did they show how many people were listening to those sessions? No, I couldn't actually see that. But it wasn't it, like here where I can see how many people are on YouTube and how yeah, many. I would Facebook say that and, that it, there was an entire track done by Amazon Web Services or Amazon Ads. Uh, an entire track over the four days and the conferences going on today too um, uh, was all virtual. The whole thing, top to bottom, you know, the whole, all day long. They they just had sessions after sessions after sessions going all day, and then a few other tracks had maybe half of them that were done on stage, and half of them were done virtual. So you had this, but people paid like six hundred plus dollars to be there in person. And those that attended virtually only paid $200. So, mm. so you had this, they were trying to walk this line between value. And, and I think the value of in-person is just being there in person. Right. So were there actually exhibitors there too? Yeah. Well, yeah. they got totally screwed. Yeah. So there's no way I would do that. Yeah, I mean, and many of the exhibitors didn't even have staff there. I mean, a lot of them were larger companies, Microsoft, you know, Amazon. So what do you like mean that. they didn't have staff? They had nobody in the booth? They had signage up that was like, you know, 20 by 30 signage or a section that had a place to sit down that was like wall to wall, like uh, Roku had a section um, that was all branded Roku, but there was no nobody there from Roku that I could see. That's bizarre. So it was almost like some of these companies um, maybe have travel bans still that they can they can throw up a bunch of materials, a bunch of visuals, mm -hmm. uh, but not have to send any staff or do everything virtual. But yet they, they can still have a, a physical world presence. I just worry that that there's going to be more of that coming. Um, it just I think it depends on what happens with the COVID stuff. Yeah. Well, I'm headed to Austin on Sunday, going yeah. down for a regional SHRM event yeah. and exhibiting down there. So right. I'll let you know when I get back. Matter of fact, there'll be no show next Wednesday because of that. Right. Uh, I'll be on the, being still in Austin, but. Yeah, um, I think it was great to have have Facebook on, on the show today. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've been trying to get them um, on the show for many months now, actually. So it was great that we actually made it through the the process of getting approval for that. Um, so, and I thought it went well. 
Yeah, I, I think it did. Um, yeah. We had a pretty good audience on. A little bit of it's dropped off since the Facebook team left. Sure. Uh, as you would expect. But, uh, yeah, I want to thank uh, Podcast Business Journal, Pod News, for uh, for promoting the, uh, the 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 appearance today. And, uh, of course, people will catch us via the regular podcast as well. So anything new pretty, on 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 your side that you've seen, Todd, going on in the medium? You know, to be honest with you, this week I've been pretty focused with the team yeah, here in, in the office here in Columbus, and we're working on a bunch of stuff. Yeah, so uh, yeah. a quick down and back. I, I head back to Michigan on Thursday and then fly out um, Sunday for for Austin. So I'm kind of uh, like a guppy out of uh, a fishbowl right now, trying to keep up with everything. I got my social media team here. And uh, they did uh, my social media interns did an Instagram takeover today. So if any of you are on uh, Instagram, go to Blueberry underscore podcasting, and they're uh, they're uh, raging it right now. With uh, <laughs> I didn't know that was such a thing. They they come storming into the office saying we're doing an Instagram takeover, and I'm like, what is that? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I'm not even sure what that is either, but. Um, yeah, I think that the next, at least the next event I'm I'm, I'm heading down to is a Podfest um, um, Origins event down in Tampa. The first was it the first week in November? I think it is. Yeah. So yeah, if everything goes, it, unless I know, I don't, I don't think I know anything. I think this is the last trip for the year until next year, until probably. Well, there's a whole bunch of stuff in May, so I'm my May is screwed for next oh, yeah, year. Yeah, March already. and May are going to be busy months. For, yeah. For events, hopefully, but, but it stuff is going early next year because of cancellations in twenty one. So they're kicking them, kicking those events off that would normally be in the fall. They're going in the spring. So yeah. So when's the when's the proposed NEB event? Is that going to be in April again? Oh, I'll have to let's look here. Let's see if I can look at the event. NAB 2022. Let's see here. Let's look. What and does most, Google say? Uh, most April 23rd don't. to 27th. Yep. So you say so April 23rd? April 23rd. Yeah. And I'm 27th. debating whether to go. Uh, I really am. With this monkey business that they pulled here recently. Yeah, but you already um, paid probably for your booth, right? Yeah, but you, you <laughs> oh, yeah. You can get your money back over three or four years. Right. Yeah, that's, so that's kind of how that's kind of how I'm looking at it too. I don't know that, that they're going to hold their their New York event either. Well, no, they already said the radio show is wrapped up. No more radio no, no. show. No, no, that's oh. separate. The, the the NAB New York show was usually oh, held okay. in like February. Yeah, I, I don't know. But don't, CES is still on. That's still going. So right. I've got my hotel reservations for that. And of course I go there in a different capacity. I don't go to CES. I go to CES for my personal show, mm-hmm. not for blueberries. I take PTO for that. But um, So what do you guys think about the Facebook team? Those of you that are watching live, those of you, and most of the folks are on YouTube today. What, what, uh, what say you, anything new? Uh, you know, what was your reaction? It is interesting that, uh, there was kind of a contradiction made though about hosting because one of the Facebook member teams said, yeah, well, we're going to host podcasts. And the other one said, no, we're not. So, um, interesting. 
Well, they did talk about hosting the clips, right? So, right. Which, which, um, which I know most of the platforms that do clips, that's their, that's typically what they do, even though it's not ideal unless there's some sort of separate metrics that's available there. But, um, yeah, well, they'll, they'll get play metrics and stuff, I'm sure. And it's good that they're looking at doing, you know, giving the podcaster some, some client side data. Mm-hmm. You know, that was something I talked to them very early on about, you know, you want to endear yourself to the podcasting community. You, you know, you'll come up with some stats. Mm-hmm. So no one's making, you know, if you don't YouTube folks, uh, don't be shy. Yeah, I did uh, but, see Todd. Did you see the article that was put out in, in, and maybe this has been out for a while. I'm I'm trying to find a date here, but Apple put out an article talking about automatic downloads oh, on yeah, Apple that, Podcasts. That, yeah, lays out all the rules. Right. I thought it, it was interesting. Um, yeah. Article. And most and ninety five percent of the stuff that we'd kind of figured out was confirmed. So right. but there's no more speculation. It's laid out in black and white what they do. Right. And it says there are automatic downloads to Apple Watch. Like, well, that's why all this quit counting Apple right. Watch because of the. Yeah, but is it direct downloads just to the watch or is it mm-hmm. go, go through the phone was always it's, the question. Yeah, well, it looks like it goes directly to the watch. To the watch. That's if your watch has a, its own data connection, right? Or it's on Wi-Fi. Yeah, or on Wi-Fi, to, right. Yeah. right. That'll work too. Hmm. And it talks about when automatic downloads are paused, mm-hmm. which I think we've known that for a while, but it's says- yeah, but it's often ignored. And that's, you know, one of the things I've told podcasters from the beginning, if you want to look at really how your audience is doing, right? you got to look over time. You can't look over an individual show. You got to look at 90 days. You can't look at a, can't look at one episode because someone may leave and may come back. You have to, yeah, if a listener hasn't listened to an episode of your podcast in more than 15 days, it gets paused. It gets paused. Yeah. And then when it does restart, it down, re-downloads the last three. Mm. So that is an interesting... Spike in your numbers. Right. <laughs> now, the question is, do people go back and listen to three? Now, I was on my way to drive down here, I got a three-hour and 15-minute drive. I was able to get uh, one episode in of a favorite show that I listened to. And then on the way back, I'll listen to another episode, but I hadn't listened to a few episodes. And I was in that same situation where uh, it asked me, do you want to resume downloading the show? And I said, yes, but I did miss a few in between. So. Yeah, it says here, automatic downloads will not use cellular data data by default. So yeah, like, you have to enable it, or you have to tell it to do it. Yep. Yeah, which makes sense. Actually, I think you, I don't know if you enable it. I think you have to agree to use, because I've been in an airplane before. I'm like, whoops, I need an episode or two that I hadn't listened to another show. And actually, uh, quote, unquote, downloaded uh, an episode while we were taxing. Not that I had my mobile plan turned on or anything. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so you can block all downloads over over mobile connections, right? Yeah, which makes sense. And it also can prompt you if you set it um, to ask if it's over 200, 200 megabytes in size. To yeah, anyway, that's a that's some 
big audiophiles. Well, it's, yeah, it's a big audiophile, right? It's those yeah. that are out there doing 256K um, audiophiles, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think of anything else going on, Todd, that's uh, of note. Nothing of, you know, nothing of consequence. Right. Um, I think that uh, we are in a, well, I, I had a conversation with an individual um, about the space. Um, and the question I was asked was, uh, you know, who, you know, which company is going to get bought next? I'm like, well, I said, uh, it's going to be small players. They're going to come in or some sort of, uh, you know, investment groups. I don't think you're going to see, uh, you know, any more, you know, Facebook may buy somebody or two, but I don't think that, uh, or maybe they won't. Well, you, but, I mean, I'm certainly, you know, a Facebook, a Google. Um, I think those are the two yeah. ones that, you know, come to mind as potential. But why would, why would those folks buy anything when they've got, uh, you know, know, that's a good question, right? You know, they're, they're pretty well set, you know, they, they got development teams that are as big as small cities. Yeah. And, and you look at a Facebook and it, it may not make sense for them to do that kind of thing with their, their current model that they have. Right. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, a company like Amazon, it makes a lot, makes a lot of sense what they're doing. So, so. yeah, I've got a bunch of my team members that go into the big Amazon event out in Vegas. Uh, I think it's called reinvent. So mm-hmm. my dev team, pretty much my entire dev team goes to that event and attends the sessions and, mm-hmm always come back with uh, new tricks up their sleeve. We've got a couple of people at the company that have achieved certain levels of um, integration qualifications with Amazon where they don't have to pay for tickets either. They get uh, they get their tickets for free. Todd, did you hear the rumor that's flying around about Tesla? No. Um, that there's, there's kind of backdoor r- rumors that uh, – Tesla may be in the development phase of creating a new um, smartphone. Hmm. Which means, I don't know what hmm. that means. Um, if they're creating their own operating system, um, which means hmm. that that could, could be another potential um, long-term hmm. large listening platform. Hmm. If you think about their car, you think about mobile, you think about, um, what they're doing with, with technology just in, in general, they're, they're becoming, and I think people are starting to awaken to what is potential with Tesla. Um, well, I'll just say this, Elon, if you're listening, where the hell is my Starlink? <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I don't think he's launching me. the the satellites fast enough. Well, the, 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 the first layer is made and you, 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 uh, you told me in my area late fall or, well, you know, a lot of people have been canceling those, those, those reservations. Good. I'm glad late. they are. This is what I'm hearing. I'm glad they're canceling the reservations because, uh, it, it makes me get closer to the top of the list then. <laughs> why would they be canceling those reservations? I don't know why they would be either. I, but, I think he you know, said the last, last, interview that I saw with him, I think he said there was 1,500 satellites up for Starlink right now. His goal is to get 30,000. 
Right, right. Which will cover the whole globe. Yeah, they're starting their second layer now with the uh, launches right. out of uh, Vandenberg. But I tell you, it's uh, it's one of those things where, you know, I've been planning all summer to have that thing. But with the issue they have right now is they're affected by the chip shortage as well, and they can only create 5,000 terminals a week. I mean, that's the so, thing that's really, I think, potentially pushing um, this thing with Tesla is the fact that the chip shortage, Tesla is uh, making their own chips. Smart. So oh, they're, and look at look at Apple did. did yeah, that, right. That well, very juicy, salivating. A long, long time ago, Apple, they did that. That right. Apple MacBook Pro with the M1 Pro and the M1 Max. I had a friend that uh, ordered the M1 Pro uh, immediately as soon as the uh, store was open, and it took him thirty minutes to get his order through because their their site went to an absolute crawl from the influx of orders. Right. Um, I'm guarantee you that uh, Apple has hit a absolute home run. I got a graphics uh, guy in the office and I said, what do you think about that M1 Pro? And he says, you're going to get me an M1 Max? And I'm like, well, I said, uh, send you how old's your computer? And, you know, so I don't need that type of heavy lifting, but the graphics processing people are going crazy on this thing. Yeah, it's the same thing with what Tesla's doing. They, they, they're building a processor that will support their, um, their full self-driving platform, plus be powerful enough to deliver console-level video experiences in the car. Well, so you start uh, thinking they about... They can do it, they can. Right, right. if you th- start thinking about taking that technology out to robots, out to mobile devices, computers, uh, they could be competing directly with uh, Apple. If you, look at what, <laughs> if you look at what Tesla did, and we've talked about it in the show already. And what is the reason for Starlink? The reason for Starlink is that Elon Musk has to have a ongoing revenue line that they're reoccurring every monthly guys like me, you send him a hundred bucks every month to fund going to Mars. Right. Well that, and, and if you think about it, if he builds all these Tesla bots, robots and millions of Tesla vehicles, those those satellites are, will be able to communicate with those devices from anywhere Absolutely. on the planet, right? Mm-hmm. So for software downloads, install upgrades, monitoring activities, you know, he's also in the process of launching uh, insurance, car insurance. And that's going to take a constant stream of data going up to the cloud um, around driver usage. And if you look at the right. um, ability to... Um, if they get this monster rocket that's got 37 or 40 Raptor engines compared to a, a, the, you know, the, the Falcon, and they're, you know, they're going to be able fully, to put. Right. Fully reusable. Right. right. And they're going to be able to put a thousand or two thousand Starlink antennas in orbit at once versus 160 or whatever their current lift limit is on the Falcon 9. So, um, you know, when you can. When you need 30, you think, oh, how is he going to get? He's going to have to do 3,000 la- or two, 1,500 launches to get that many satellites up. No, 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 he won't. He'll just need to do 15 launches with that big lift, and he's done. You know, So, yeah, people underestimate this dude. Now, he's got to get it flown and land it and not blow it up and crash, and they're going to they're gonna explode a few doing that. But- well, he's, he's had a really <laughs> strong history of um, – 
creating a lot of online buzz around all of his rockets blowing up on the launch pad. So, so uh, you know, this would be a little a more strategy. Todd. This would be a little more expensive balloon boom <laughs> when you have uh, that many Raptors underneath there, but right. Uh, right. Uh, t- time will tell uh, right. what happens. Yeah. But anyway, Rob, Rob we're, we're, we're about in, we're, we're getting close to the end here. Okay. Uh, we actually started a little early today. So yeah, that was great. Huh. All right, so we're off next week then. Yes, we are. I'm uh, again. I'll be in Austin. Anybody's in Austin? Give me a shout out. I did uh, drop the email to Adam, see if he wanted to get together and uh, learned should. a little bit of information about. He's not quite in Austin anymore, so it's, you uh, should pop, pop in and see Joe Rogan while you're down there. Okay, yeah. Well, I'm sure I would just be invited in. Uh, it's not like uh, Joe and I are on a first name basis. You're gonna. <laughs> You're going to get me an introduction there, Rob, or that'd be the hell man. That would be a coup to get on Joe Rogan's show. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Talk about podcasting yeah. with him. Anyone got a connection with Joe? Hook a brother up. Hook a brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. All right. Well, we'll I'll, talk aliens, anything. I'll start. So who else uh, sh- should I get on the show next, Todd, do you think? <sighs> It's well, maybe we need to start making the rounds. It's been a while since we talked to some of these folks, so maybe get Amazon back on. Maybe get uh, get Chris Kremitzos back on. Yeah, um, he'd be good to have on. It'd be good to get somebody from Google to fill us in on what's going on over there. But yeah, anybody got a connection with Google? We used to. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know where where everybody is now, but everybody's gone. So. Or do you, yeah. do you, as a listening audience, have a suggestion for us and who you want us to try to swoop in? Getting these big companies in is hard. Rob did a lot of work. So, Rob, good good job on you know doing the background legwork here to get the Facebook team on. Yeah, I think it was an exclusive. So this was the first time. And they have a reputation for not doing interviews. So this mm. is uh, for probably pretty valid PR reasons. hopefully they'll come back and i hope everyone enjoyed today's uh commentary with them yep so all right well we're going to get out of here i'm todd at blueberry.com and uh on twitter at geek news and i'm on twitter as well at rob greenley and that's with two e's on the end and i can be reached uh uh, off my own website as well robgreenley.com and then uh, you can send me an email if you want rob g at Lipson.com, and that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. And uh, everything held tight here with uh, with Riverside today. So I want to thank Riverside for uh, supporting us doing the podcast today here from the Palatial Studios in Columbus, Ohio at Blueberry Podcasting. Right. Everyone take care. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.